Hey folks, welcome to the Music of the Spheres podcast. We are broadcasting tonight from somewhere deep in the hills of upstate New York. Wherever, whenever, and however you're listening, we thank you for being a part of our universe. We are two brothers, bivocational ministers, seekers of truth, and drinkers of yellow beer. And we welcome you in now to episode number 38 of Music of the Spheres podcast. We are back after a brief hiatus. We didn't put out a couple episodes there for a couple of weeks and other things going on. But uh, we are back in the studio this evening recording for you. Excited to be here, as always. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing well. That's good. I'm glad you kept the number because I had no idea it was 38 at this point. And yeah, it's in my little notebook over here. Oh, okay. Yeah, a handy dandy little notebook. And also in Logic, we keep all the numbers right. in there. So I guess on all the um, podcast platforms, it says the number. Also that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, numbers in general could, were never my strong suit. <laughs> you could always just open Spotify, <laughs> and it would tell you what number we're on. <laughs> I knew I was even numbers, but it could yeah. have been anywhere from 30 to 40. Who, who yeah, knows? that's true. Yeah. Any of the even numbers from 30 to 40. Right, of course. Right. Yeah. And we knew it wasn't 40 yet. That was, that's yeah, kind of a big I mean, deal. Yeah, that's, the podcast is over the hill. Yes. Is that still a thing? I Now I, that you're uh, over I'm, the hill? I'm well <laughs> beyond the hill. <laughs> Taking a swift uh, ride yeah. down it. Yes, I'm hitting moguls <laughs> right now. There's lots of moguls Yeah, on this side of the hill. You're supposed to avoid those, I think. Yeah, I know. That's the trouble with life. You just can't <laughs> avoid the moguls sometimes. They, they sneak up on you. Uh, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, all right, so we kicked the episode off with uh, your update that you have at the beginning of your episode. So what have you got for us tonight, Jason? A couple things um, before we were t- uh, before the podcast started, we were talking about ground bees. Oh yeah, um, and they're how they're just like a nuisance, yeah, and a pain, and and kind of mean. Yes, I mean, they're as, overly aggressive. They as don't far need as to like be... the bee world goes. Seriously, they live inside the ground anyway. It's not like you can just you know, like if they had a nest up in a tree, you can go and like right. swat it or knock it down or something. Or we would just leave them alone because we'd be like, well, that's your space, yeah, and I won't mess with you. Right, right. <laughs> Ground? Why do they have to? I just don't understand why they have to be so aggressive um. about their ground hole. <laughs> <laughs> so what if I, I run my my blades over it? Yeah, just don't fly for a second. Yeah, nice <laughs> duck. <laughs> <laughs> do do lawnmowers kill bees? I don't think so. Yeah, because I've heard some people say they just park a mower over a bee hole and just leave it running. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that's gonna work. I think they'll be like, there's something up there, guys. Don't go up. Yeah. Yeah, they'll just wait for it. Yeah, what are you gonna? They can s- wait you out. Suck them out with a lawnmower and <laughs> hope that the blade. Yeah, you them? might be able to like put a put like a vacuum hose down. <laughs> down there. Suck been, them out. <laughs> you've been researching all kinds of ideas, haven't you, <laughs> to try to rid yourself of yeah. the scourge of ground bees? I, I have. Yeah, I've tried many uh, natural remedies. It's. I think it's time for the most natural of all. Yeah, pour, you know what you got to do is pour Bud Light next down there. <laughs> yeah. No more. Bees. They'll never come out. <laughs> Oh, they'll never come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll just keep going down farther <laughs> yeah. into the air. They'll be like, the humans have, have lost it. We're yeah. leaving. That's right. <laughs> Get out of here. I I think I poured a couple of those down the sink, so I wasted my opportunity. Oh, there you go. I needed fridge space. Right. I'm, well, the, I mean, the yeah, the disinfectant smell in that, that'll take out most Yeah, I scrubbed insects. the sink a little afterward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
also unclogs your drain. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> but there are a couple of cool things happening with bees. Um, one, I'm probably going to get wrong, but uh, this guy in California, I think, was um, studying a particular type of um, bumblebee. Okay, like a particular species. Or is it species? <laughs> I hear people say it differently all the time, and I yeah. always am curious. But yeah. nevertheless, <laughs> uh, he said they do this thing where they like they cool them, so they they literally chill out. Oh, really? Enough so that they can like take pictures of them mm-hmm. close up, and they won't get all agitated and stuff. Really? So they like, I mean, they they find them first, um, but in this particular area in california it's pretty easy yeah and then they chill them out yeah uh so they can like study them yeah because they're on the verge of being on the at least on the state's endangered species list okay which i didn't realize like each state kind of had its own oh really list i mean you'd think like maybe nationally yeah um but i guess it makes sense if if something is sort of only hanging out in your state right right yeah um indigenous to that area but um so yeah hopefully like studying them so they can figure out a way to keep them safe and so they don't have to go on a on a list huh um so that was one thing yeah as far as bees go it's a little more positive than the ground bees trying to ruin my ankles And you have such nice ankles. I was going to say. It would be a shame to yeah, see them ruined. It's like, why do you want to mess with these ankles? <laughs> um, there was this other thing about how to support pollinators. Okay. Because, um, you know, some bees are kind of cool. And are like, you going to give us the birds and the bees talk now, Jason? <laughs> is that what this is? <laughs> well, bees are the most efficient pollinators. Yeah, they are. Yeah, nice. They've got is that, game. Is was that uh, double entendre? <laughs> Oh, yeah, Double. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out the sing the singular, entendre singular, but um, but also butterflies and moths and flies and beetles and wasps are also good pollinators. Hmm. Um, in addition to insects, birds and bats can also be pollinators. Bats? See, now I wouldn't have mm-hmm. guessed that. Yeah. And did you know what an entomologist was? Yes, the one who studies the insects. Right. Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but for the longest time, I mean, recently, until recently, yeah. I I thought it was like who studies trees, even though I know that's like dendrology, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, but because uh, uh, Tolkien in Lord of the Rings called the trees Ents, so I thought of... Oh, And nice. he was like a big language guy, so I thought like... Right, right. Entomologists were those who studied trees. No, but... those were those who studied the Ents. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, whenever I say that out loud, like everyone's like, oh, you're just like a giant dork, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, uh, this little this little thing talks about um, you know supporting your pollinators by planting flowers that bloom at different times of the year, mm-hmm. um, which is not only good for the bees but it helps with curb appeal. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and who doesn't like a little appeal at yeah. the curb level? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. show off your curb. Yeah, if you have one. Mm-hmm. 
Might as well. Curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> if you've got it, flaunt it. <laughs> the curb, that is. And uh, you can plant flowers that maybe have like uh, different shapes and sizes of petals. Okay. I guess, I guess pollinators like that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like color, right? They're attracted to color. Bumblebees like blues and purples. Yeah. Other bees are attracted to yellows and whites. Like we have wow. daisies and other things that that the bees are going for. Yeah. Um, butterflies like oranges and pinks. So, huh. um, there you go. You also, if you provide shelter for your pollinators, um, they'll be a little more, uh, uh better able to pollinate. <laughs> they'll be in a better mood. You mean like, you like little tents? Um, or, uh, houses teepees? for bees. Lean-tos? Um, well, yeah, I guess, I guess our honeybees, they live in like a, in their little, uh, boxes bee boxes oh you have bees uh we do yeah we've oh, got the uh, bees yeah maggie's a beekeeper oh really i didn't know that yeah i've worn the suit uh, maybe i talked about a little bit about the uh um adding the queen into oh, the yes. hive yes you did yeah. talk about that um yeah. so um but yeah take care of your pollinators they're right. there to um make the sweet nectar of yeah of the earth is this uh national pollinator day <laughs> or something like that because you usually uh, tell us what that is yeah i don't know i don't know what today is yeah oh what you're is, talking about today? pollinators the 9th so. yeah. of august yeah i'm not sure yeah but uh it could be this was from the 7th i think this little oh okay this was on earthwise all right a look at our changing environment yeah very nice so Cool. All right. Well, thank you for that little update. Um, next would be the mind of the middle schooler. And though mm-hmm. the mind of the middle schooler is in the building, it's not in the studio. Um, she's deciding to not yeah. use her mind right now. Well, yeah. I mean, it's also still on summer break. <laughs> she's, yes. She's really soaking up as much summer vacation as she possibly can. Yeah. Also, because I got her uh, Disney Plus on that TV out there. Yeah. So, that's. Mind of the middle schooler is just filled with. Yes. Uh, what? Uh, animation some, I, yeah what happens no, no, she's on? watching some like teenage spy show now oh or something yeah like that oh i watched yeah i watched like abc family was like the version of that growing up oh yeah yeah like mm-hmm. mary kate and ashley olsen they had like all these uh movie specials you know yeah yeah takes two right passport to paris i think was another one. Oh yeah <laughs> they met two uh young french boys on mopeds ah you gotta watch out for the See, this was my this was my mind of the middle school. <laughs> Mary Thank Kate you, and Ashley Olson. Thank you, Jason, yeah. for bringing us a little taste of your life when you were yeah. eleven <laughs> or twelve. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, so she's yeah she's uh, out there. Maybe she'll be back next week. She said that uh, she said she wants to be back on. So uh, we'll just we'll just wait and see. Hopefully, mm-hmm. she'll be around soon uh, and come back. Maybe once the school year kicks off. Yeah, a little hibernation. A, yeah. Never hurt anybody. Yeah, she's just letting all the good, you know, thoughts build up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that she has plenty of material for the show, I think. Um, all right. So uh, how, how how are you doing? How's everything going uh, for you? I, you're finishing up with school now, right? We finally reached the end. Yeah, I have one more day. Tomorrow? Yep. Is your last day? Tomorrow is... Uh, day zero or yeah day 100 
thousand. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that, right? Yeah. And then you're and then you're done. What's the yeah. next step in the process for you after that? Uh, then I apply for a permit, sort of like a you know when you get your license, you get a you get a learner's permit. Learner's permit. <laughs> yeah, you basically. can't counsel after dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone has to. Someone has to ride. Yeah, with after you. nine p.m., I cannot counsel. <laughs> Which is probably true for yeah. most everybody. I, I would avoid the after nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have to kind of uh, wait for that paperwork to come through, which okay. could be anywhere from like with the state could be anywhere like three to seven weeks. So what? Who knows? Really? Um, just to get a just to get a permit to just to like process the because they get they get information from the school. They get information from your. Um, like, oh, yeah. Your, your, where you're going to be working, your supervisor site. Yeah. And then they have to just like put that all together and make sure you're you. Right. So, so do you, are you, do you have a graduation coming up or? Uh, technically, I graduated in May. Oh, all right. So, yeah. They don't really care about these people who take like a summer semester. Yeah. They're not going to do anything. Right. So, nice. So, like, what's the, that three to seven weeks? And then when that's done, can you mm-hmm. start seeing? Clients? Yeah, as soon as works? the as soon as like the supervision location, uh, basically where I'm working, as soon as they get confirmation that I have my permit, they just start uh, building a caseload for me. Cool. And I I just start seeing people. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's great. Are you excited or? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels like the right fit. Yeah. And it uh, is a little scary, yeah, because it will be a, a like a different population um, of folks, like couples and the occasional family, and yeah, haven't really done any of that kind of stuff. So, right, um, it's mostly been one on one, which that's that's good. Once I start playing like zone defense, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, see right. how that goes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Do you know how to break up fights? <laughs> they give you that training. Yeah, I'm just gonna bring cake. I think. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. Yeah, it's it's soft. So if you yeah. need to block with it, you uh-huh. know, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> or if you gotta hold those little plates in your hand, like right, you gotta hold. Yes, them, give hold them the like cake. the stupidly small ones too. You know, so then they they hold they have to hold them funny yeah. in front of them. You know, right. it's uh-huh. like, and then yeah, it's, yeah, make it slightly awkward physically for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. that's a great counseling technique. <laughs> this is why I'm not a counselor. <laughs> I wouldn't make it through all of your training. I don't think. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah. What about what about you? I know there's yeah there's a uh, a new uh, well I don't know if we would, quote unquote member of the family. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So it just it kind of all happened quickly. There was a, a, a friend of a friend who was selling a sailboat, and you know, I, I kind of just fell into place, and yeah, it's ready to go in the lake. It's sitting at uh, our mom and dad's, and uh, yeah, waiting to put mm-hmm. it in. So Lila's very excited. She is going to go on the maiden voyage with me. Um, which a three-hour tour. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. I hope it's only three hours because we want it to be. Right. That's, <laughs> that's kind of the hope. Uh, yeah, so we brought the boat back last week from Vermont, and uh, it's now here. We're getting ready to launch it at the lake. I had to call the marina and ask them 
um, if they could step the mast for me, which is it's raising the mast up and setting it in place and then putting all of the uh, stays and shrouds that hold the mast in place, hooking all those up to it. Um, some boats, you can step the mast yourself because it's um, rigged in a certain way or it's, it sets onto the deck in a certain way where you can do it yourself with using your winches and stuff like that. But um, this one is not one of those. So it has hmm. to be done. It has to be lowered straight down. So it has to be picked up by a crane. Oh, okay. So marinas have that because they do. That's what marinas do with right. uh, work with sailboats. And um, so there's one on the lake that does. So I ha- But because of that, I had to schedule the launch. Mm-hmm. So they are set to launch on Friday. So they're going to put it all together, step the mast, I'm hopeful that they're going to tune all the rigging, make sure everything's tight and all that. And then, uh, yeah, and they're going to put it in the water and tie it to the dock and give me a call. And then I, I just come and get it after I give them money. But, yeah. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those boring. profit deals. Yeah, it's a profit yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's like it's like going to be like the third time I buy the boat. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I bought it from the guy, and then I went to the state, of New York and get yeah. my registration uh-huh. and I had to show them the bill of sale. And then when they gave them the bill of sale, they said, okay, now you owe a sales tax. So I right. paid them for the boat. <laughs> and then <laughs> when these guys put the mass on and put it in the water, I'm going to give them more money and say, here, thanks for my boat. <laughs> so you also didn't, you didn't have to pay a Vermont sales tax though too, did you? No. no. Okay. Yeah. I think it's the pur- purchaser pays. Okay. And yeah. So, yeah, so it's exciting. Mm-hmm. The, the motor runs. It's got a 1968 Johnson um, two-cycle, mm. six-horse. Just so. in case that uh, that little certificate uh, that you got at sailing school uh, is, is not uh, <laughs> giving you what you need. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Just in case I actually can't sail, <laughs> even though my certification says I can. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if all, if all goes well, uh, Lyle and I are going to take it for its maiden voyage, which really the, the main goal is to get it from the marina to the mooring, um, uh-huh. you know, which I could do under, under power, but you know, I, all the sails are on board and ready to go. So uh, assuming that the rigging is all good, mm-hmm. then I can, uh, throw the sails up and see if I can, it looks like it's going to be nice weather on Friday here. So, okay. Yeah. Yep. So I'm good. I, but I'm not going to be doing all this stuff in the marina. You know, I'm going to take the boat out of the marina. Yeah. Then I'm going to drive yeah, out you in got the middle what? of the lake. Yeah, you got like six miles there. Yeah, just to, yeah it's a nice big lake. Just you know? to mess around. And I'm just going to park it out there and start messing with stuff there. And, uh, and, and you know, see, see how I can do. Put up the, we'll put up the main and just see if that all works, if it can propel the boat. And it, it really doesn't, boats like that don't drive too well without the head sail, you know. So you're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go two sails, but that's okay. I got my first mate. Yeah, who she has knows absolutely nothing about sailing, so well, should be a good stiff, she, stiff learning curve. She for knows her. just as much as I do. <laughs> yeah, which is exactly all you need. It's perfect. So I know the word knots. Yeah. Or is it knots? <laughs> so you don't know the word. <laughs> not like K N O T. Yeah, but then there's also the speed you're going. Yeah, that's not K N O T. But you also tie knots on your yes, both on your ship. They're, they're both of them. On your vessel. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yep. 
But how good you do the one thing, does that uh, hurt or help the other? Uh, yes, if you you got to tie good <laughs> knots to make good knots. <laughs> All right, that's, that's yeah. I'm well, you learning. know this one, though, right? If you can't tie a knot, tie a lot. Have you heard that one? <laughs> just keep wrapping just the rope keep, around just stuff. Keep, just, just, yeah, just you pull and check it. <laughs> that's how you. That looks good to me. Yeah, that'll that'll hold up in a seven mile an hour wind. Go for it. <laughs> seven mile an hour. Yeah. Do you have to start using the metric system now? No. Or are no. nautical terms not even? Yeah, sailors. They're like it, their own. It's, yeah, it's all. They made up all this. It's a whole other language. Stuff. Yeah. Like everything on the boat has has like a you know a counterpart in the real world, but it's not called that. Right. You could say left, but you have to say port. Exactly. Why would you? And say you're left like, do I want a port? drink right now? Yeah. That yeah. sounds good, actually. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Would you like to turn to port? Yes. Uh, that <laughs> sounds like time for a port. Thank you. <laughs> uh, switch from beer is turning to port. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, you know, Lila will have to learn that stuff mm-hmm. too. She's already started interior decoration. So <laughs> she's she hung up some curtains inside. <laughs> it's like pretty funny. All right. She asked me if she could use tape, and and I was like, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. So I went in there, and the tape was peeling the paint off the inside. Of oh, the and I'm like, oh, that's not good. It wasn't uh, painter's tape. No, it was like I don't know, it's the most heavy duty tape you could ever see. <laughs> yeah, so. So she's going to be learning how to paint the interior yeah, of the boat. <laughs> Maybe a little sanding and whatnot. Yeah. So hopefully everything goes well. I'm just hopeful that, you know, I looked over all of the mast and, and all of the standing rigging, which is the stuff that holds it up. And mm-hmm. I went over, went through that with, with our cousin Aaron, who I've given shout, shout outs to on the show before. And uh, we're both thinking it looks like everything's there and it looks like everything's in good shape so we, we didn't notice that anything was missing or broken there's one there's one spot where there's a clevis pin missing so that they should have those at the marina so um yeah it looks like everything's there cool so hopefully they put it together and if they get it put together and it's all good then yeah it should should just go it's in it's in really good shape for yeah. its age yeah it's been, it's been well cared for it's yeah, from excited, to, excited to see it out on the yeah you know, tacking up the lake. Yeah, see you doing some sailing terms. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Um, all right, so uh, we'll have to give a report on how that goes when. Uh, oh, when, for sure. When next we record. Yeah, maybe uh, I can get some video one day. Of, of yeah, boat in action. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll have to. I mean, once I learn how to sail it, I have to get you out for a sail. There's a lot of people that, that you know, want to go for a sale. Like, I, you know, obviously, you know, Lila wants to go, want to take, you know, mom and dad. and But then uh, the band said they want to go. So <laughs> we're going to have a... <laughs> what's, a, what's a comfortable amount of people for that boat? I think four is probably Max. good. I think the cockpit, you could fit, yeah, three or four in pretty comfortably. Definitely two. It's, it's not super small. You could, you could go with four. People, somebody could stand in the companionway too, so which is the thing that yeah goes down I don't know where cabin. that is. But that's the that's the door like to a... the cabin. All all sailing okay. yachts have some sort of access door that gets from the cockpit to the cabin. And so yeah, somebody could stand there too. So you probably you know you probably go with five, you know. But I think three or four would be a good number. So yeah, 
Yep, that's that. So cool. Um, no emails this week, but uh, do we have anything on the socials to report as far as listener communication or anything like that? Um, not. Well, I, we, I guess because we took a couple weeks off, it wasn't mm-hmm. uh, wasn't much going on there. Right. Right. A little midsummer uh, hiatus. Right. No, that'll do it. That'll do it. Uh, all right. Well, you can email us if you want to, uh, brothers at music of the spheres podcast dot com. And uh, that'll get you uh, our email inbox. And then also you can find us on social media. We're on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Right. So people can find us in those places as well. Jason usually posts pictures of the beer that we drink and, you know, if there's anything else like that, we, we'll get it up there. So awesome. Um, all right, I guess it's time for beer, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, you brought beer this week. I did, and yeah. this is a this is the first for us because I bought a twelve pack, but it's a sampler. Okay. Um. So there were it's all the same brewery, but there were six different styles. Oh, six? Yeah, two so two of each. two cans of each. Wow. Um, so whatever we choose, there's uh, those are the only two. Um, and then we can choose to you know, drink other things or save those other six for future episodes. But yeah, okay. Um, I couldn't remember if we already did one of these, but we'll see. Okay. So, well, if we did it, then we could just put it back in the cooler. Right. Oh yeah. No, we haven't done any, we haven't done any of this. We haven't done any of that. No. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we start with, yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the classic classic one all right right we'll start with that start with this one okay here we go beautiful so this is uh this is a beer from the spetzel brewery uh from texas from shiner texas so uh (laughs) this is called shiner bach this is probably well this is most definitely the most famous Bach beer in the United States. Yeah. Right? I mean, I guess, I mean Michelob I, made the, that Amber Bach for a while. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Nothing's finer than a shiner. Yeah. Serve cold and often, it says on the top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bach beer combines old world Bavarian heritage with the ingenuity of American handcraft brewing for a smooth, always satisfying taste and it's got prosit on the bottom um, which means uh, to health the German Oktoberfest song Ein Prosit Ein Prosit Gemutlichkeit that Ein Prosit means uh, one for for health Ein is one Ein Prosit right. one for health uh, yeah okay and it's yellow it's got the ram on the front mm-hmm. of the can yeah, yeah, even if I label. mean the the can is probably more yellow than the beer. It's got I think it is, right? This beer isn't super light colored. I mean that's kind of what a Bach is. A Bach has usually got a little bit of an amber hue to it. Um sometimes even more than that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, look at that. You've broken the rules, Jason. <laughs> this is not yellow beer. <laughs> but the can is yellow, so I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, All right. You're stretching the definition a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, just I think it's the first the, yellow can. Widens the uh, arena a little bit of what we can include on the show. All right. Yes. Yeah, Shiner Bach. There it is. 
So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely like a, uh, amber color. It's like an amber lager. That's a, I mean, that's what a, that's what a Bach beer is. Okay. And you can have different kinds of, um, Bach beers. You know, you can have single Bach, which is, is probably what this is. Does it say an ABV somewhere? I don't know if it does. Yeah. Hmm. I guess not. Do you see it? No, I don't think it's on there. Yeah, it's got to be right around 5%, I would think. Or maybe a little bit less than that. I don't know. Let's take a look. Yeah, I guess I didn't, I mean, didn't expect it to be that dark. Oh, 4.4%. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a light lager but with color. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit more malt character to it. This is definitely this is this is darker than our we we brew our most popular beer is called Wolf Hollow Amber. Mm-hmm. And we and that's lighter than this by a couple of shades. So. And that's that's not a bock. I mean, it's not a lager. It's not a lager. Yeah, that's an ale. I haven't had Shinerbach in a long time. You know, that's really good. I think this is my first time. Yeah? Is it your first Shinerbach? It's my first Shiner. <clears throat> yeah, from Spetzel Brewery in Texas. Now, Spetzel, wow. that's good stuff. Ever had that? <laughs> yes, I think I have. I'm sure if you were in Germany. Yeah, isn't that like the... It's like noodles or uh-huh. something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like a German like pasta kind of thing. Yeah. So this is interesting. It says, uh, originally a seasonal beer, fans have demanded it year-round since 1973. So they must have made this as a, probably like a fall seasonal or something like that because it's got all of the Oktoberfest kind mm-hmm. of feel to it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, people like it so much, they make it all the time. Yeah. Although they started in, uh, set, that's, that's somewhere on the can. Nineteen oh, or maybe you said it. Yeah, it's um, no, it's good. I really like it because it is light, but it's got a little bit of uh, really good like malt character, mm. which is yeah, it's very nice. And today was kind of like. Uh, you know, it's still summer here for another month and a half, but right. it's like kind of had that. There were something about the maybe the breeze or like the way the trees looked. It's the first time I like thought about fall. Yeah, and this beer is kind of like continuing the trend. Yeah, yeah. There've been a couple of days recently where it's like it's been a little more crispy mm-hmm. outside. You got that fall kind of feel to it. So yeah, beers like this are great for that. Just a little bit more flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, not that like. Super light, cold, you know, sort of refreshment that you're looking for in the, like, the really hot days. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I mean, yeah, like, too much, uh, too much malt doesn't mix well with humidity. Is that the, is that the science mind? It's, I I think it's really just, it's really all about, like, the, sort of the body of the beer, right? Because that's one of the things that you talk about in, in brewing and, Really, all in all, beverage, you know, stuff they have it. They talk about it in wine too, <clears throat> about the the body and the mouthfeel. Like what you know, how how I guess thick does it feel? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, which this beer 
even though it has a light character, you can tell it's just a little bit more to chew on than, you know, than like a light lager Mm -hmm. would. And I don't mean like it's not syrupy or anything like that. Right. But because of the other, there's other like cereal grain character from it. Mm -hmm. Some of that like nutty roasted stuff, you know, it has like this, it has this sense of, even though it's like, you know, super cold, it has this sense of, you know, something that has been cooked or roasted or mm-hmm. warmed in some way. So it's almost, yeah, I think that's why think, in general, yeah. darker beers are more for the cold weather. Although, I mean, we have, we have beer drinkers at the brewery that'll drink the dark stuff all year round. You know, right. our one, the stout that we do, it's like a similar oh, yeah. to Guinness. Mm-hmm. People suck that stuff down all, all year round. doesn't matter when. <laughs> They start in March, St. Paddy's Day, and they go right till the next St. Paddy's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, there's some there's some customers that they won't leave without drinking one. They'll they'll drink some other stuff, but they'll uh-huh. always just like, no, we gotta have my one campout stout at least. So, yeah, it's always gotta give the people what they want. Yeah, yeah, or at least make them think they're getting what they want. Right, <laughs> one <Yeah>. or the other. <laughs> Even if it's yeah, like July sixth and ninety degrees and a hundred percent humidity. Yeah, and they. They should not be drinking that, but mm-hmm. so they whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think of this beer? How do you like it? I like it. I feel like I should be like uh, carving a pumpkin or something. Uh, you know, doing something very. I should be uh, uh, frolicking in like foliage. <laughs> foliage that's down off the tree, or just you just should be in the bushes somewhere. <laughs> like I mean, bush well, like through uh, a bunch of foliage. you know, like uh, leaf peeping. You know, the, the oh, you're one of those nuts. guys. Yes, you're a peeper. Yeah, yep. leaf peeping. Leaf Tom. peeper. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, it's good. It, it makes me kind of feel like, uh, yeah, feel like I should be going to school again or something. Yeah, because it's you know school always started in the falls. Like right. Yeah, but I'm not doing start, that anymore. You're just going to start your counseling, which yeah. will be like going to school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get schooled. Yeah. <laughs> Here, have some cake. <laughs> Stop fighting and eat this cake <laughs> while I think about what the heck I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just need five minutes to figure you people out. I'm just going to put you guys in timeout and then we're going to reconvene. Yeah. We've got dairy free. Awesome. We've got it. <laughs> awesome. Vegan. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, if you see someone that looks oddly like me show up there with like some weird sunglasses and mustache on, <laughs> you're gonna put a mustache yeah. on over the beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so you won't know it's me. It's just me trying to get an inside scoop of what's going on. <laughs> I've never seen a guy with a double mustache. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Everybody picks on my double mustache. I need help. You can take your sunglasses off. We're inside. No, I can't. That's another problem that I have. I can't. Uh, I can't ever. I think you're scope. out of my scope of practice. <laughs> Let me refer you to somebody. Uh, yeah. Well, you got to do more training then, I guess. <laughs> All right, Chinerbach beer, uh, good any time of the year, and uh, we will, uh, I guess, take a little break, and then we're going to be back, and you're uh, you're up to share some stuff with us tonight, right? I am. You prepared? You got something going? Yep. There's All right. there's more f- fungus. Ah. Among us. Among us. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is the fungus? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Looking forward to Jason and his shrooms. We'll, uh, we'll be right back here <laughs> on the 
Music of the Spheres podcast. Episodes fly. We even took two weeks off. That's true. Oh, yeah. It still feels like it's going fast. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah, I just went back in time to the the original fungus episode. Yeah. 36. Yep. Yep. That was the OG yeah. fungal episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there is, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, there's fungus among us. Right. I got a very interesting fungus. I played at the uh, farmer's market in Saratoga. I know, I know where you're going, but <laughs> listeners don't. Okay, yeah. it's one of the dangers. Sometimes you come home with a fungus. <laughs> you never know where they, you're going to pick uh, up no, at they, a farmers they, market. They pay, they pay you in part in yeah. you know goods from the farmers market. Yeah, and I, I like this. to call it wares. Yeah, is that the right use of that word? Yeah, yeah. And I got I got one um, weird looking thing, um, and it sadly enough it. I didn't have any use for it right away. It was so, like a big white, yeah, shroom, big white right? one, big big white puffy looking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that was that. You didn't uh, know, like you didn't know what to do with it. No, you... I just had no occasion to cook a mushroom. I wasn't like you know making dinner at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. off dinner. Yeah. You know, like living here is like, sometimes, you know, sometimes there's just no, you know, like I ate somewhere else, you know, and then I get home and I'm like, you know, right. You know, I'm really cook a lot of like dinners. Mm-hmm. So. And we're into like morning mushrooms. Yeah. Well, I don't usually eat breakfast if we're going to talk about my oh, yeah. dietary habits <laughs> on <right>. the show. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, and then lunch, I'm not around to. to right. Yeah. You know, so. There that mushroom was. Where just I'm just sitting there just wondering, crying out to me. Eat me. I'm fungus, and I'm among you. <laughs> and I was free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You earned me, <laughs> and now I'm throwing you out. <laughs> Were you in the uh, the spot by all the where the where they're cooking the food? No, I wasn't in there. You there? No, no. Yeah, like no. I, we were down. Out we were by down the on the end. Yeah, we were a little farther down on the end. Yeah, yeah. It was okay. It wasn't you know? It wasn't great, but. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one spot is better than the other. Yeah. It seems. There's more people getting, like, tacos and Greek food. and Yeah. The woman with the Indian food. Oh. Samosas, you know. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, anyway... All right. After that little dive into your uh, dietary uh, life, we're uh, diving into chapters one and two. Okay. Of uh, the entangled life, a of one man's. Uh, I don't know. Trash is another man's. Well, treasure. no, I was gonna say like one man's uh, uh, story of devotion or. Um, ode of love to his <laughs> his fungal yes uh, friends. <laughs> I don't know his fungal friends. Yeah, <laughs> his name is Merlin. I don't know. Yeah, with a name like that, you have to be cool. So, uh, chapter one. Um, speaking of maybe like a big fancy mushroom that you don't know what to do with, it's yeah. all about truffles. Oh, really? Um, and it's called a lure, not like a. Not like, I realize I just said it like, like fishing. Yeah. Lure. Uh, yeah. But l- lure like L-U-R-E. Like to lure. That's what a fishing lure is. Is that really how it's spelled? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning all kinds of things today. Wow. Yeah. I always thought there was like no two syllables in the fishing lure. L e w e r a lure. I thought it was L u a r a luar. 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 No, I think that's something that's in your bathroom. You know, the luar. <laughs> wow! All this time. Yeah, it's a lure because Obviously, it lures you're, the fish. You're tricking them. You're yeah. luring the fish. You're in. tricking and then killing them. Yeah. 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 That's fishing. Yeah. Well, it doesn't always end in killing. No, that's true. Yeah. 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 But yeah, luring them in. Yeah. So yeah, there is no word. Is. There is no word that's lure, like a fishing lure. <laughs> <laughs> there is a word, a fishing lure. It's the same word. as. It's just a really hard word to say, yes. I guess. Yeah. Well, anything. So lure is one of those words that's both could be a, both a verb and a noun to lure something, mm-hmm. right? To attract it for uh, devious purposes. Right. Right. And then. A lure is something used to do the verb luring. Yeah. It seems a little lazy yeah. to me. Yeah. English. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it makes up for it in other places, I'm that, sure. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> like there, there, and there. <laughs> um, but the uh, speaking of lure, <laughs> the. Uh, Which one are you saying? I don't know anymore. I'm in. Well, there's only one, but you have the made up one that only you know. <laughs> So I'm just wondering when you say it, what are you thinking? The the thing that you're trying to get to come hither. <laughs> I love how you started it out like it's not like a fishing lure. It's like a lure that attracts things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess it shows you how much fishing yeah. I do. I, yeah, yeah. I don't That's try to lure anything. I'm not really a big lure. We're like Lure. <laughs> Lurer. <laughs> We're right back to uh, the jump to conclusions, Matt. <laughs> it's a Matt. 
with conclusions on it that you jump to. That you jump to. The Piedmont white truffle. Okay. Oh, we're, we're back on topic now. Yes. Okay. This is this There's is no your, good segues out yeah. of my idiocy. This is a cl- classic <laughs> even episode segment two opening right yeah. now. <laughs> um, but they're like they're such a, such a delicacy that they're really the most valuable natural things on earth. Um, so in this, so what's it called? The Piedmont. Piedmont white truffle oh. mushroom. I mean. I would add mushroom, but once you say truffle, I guess people yeah. know what you're talking about. Unless you're talking about the chocolates. <laughs> but thanks again, English, for two things that are different that are the same. <laughs> um, so he ends up visiting this truffle farm in Italy. Oh, it's not really a farm because you can't really domesticate the truffles. Um, you can't. Right. Um, so he's like in the, the farm shop and he's overwhelmed by the scent of the mushrooms. And then he goes for a walk, um, in search of the fungus. And there's, uh, two truffle hunters with their specially trained dogs. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're so valuable, right? So, um... He talks about the hunting of truffles being like secretive, competitive, often even violent. Yeah. Um, so that's just kind of the the world of truffles. But on on sort of the the science side of things, um, their smell, which I know some people really like truffles. Like there was um, the Van Dyke used to have truffle fries. Right, and they're becoming more popular, like right um, truffle oil fries. Yeah, yeah. Um, but some people, some people really don't like that flavor or that smell. It's almost like um, um, cilantro is kind of a similar. Oh right, thing like yeah. Some people love it and will like overload a taco with it, and other yeah. people think Can't it tastes like it. soap. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think truffle is kind of like in that similar, that similar world where um, often people find it irresistible, but there's some people who find it kind of nasty maybe. But um, they grow underground, obviously, so they're not visually appealing. I mean, that's, they, they grow underground, truffles do? Mm-hmm. So that's why you need to hunt them. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's why they've become incredibly pungent. Oh, okay. To lure <laughs> animals. Yeah. Because um, the animals will dig them up, eat them, and then the spores of the truffle will be spread by the... Um, Droppings of the animal? Right, yeah. When the animals drop the kids off at the pool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, the the spores, then they like sprout. Yeah. Right. Um, and then that connects like this vast array of bacteria mm-hmm. um, and plants and other fungi. Yeah. Fun, fun guys. Yeah. Fungus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're just a couple of fun guys. Yeah. And so, really, the the truffle, like the um, what we talked about in the 
the original episode about the fungus among us, how they kind of create the networks, right? They develop this complex array, um, and then that also helps to sort of um, make the uh, the enzymes that will ultimately make the fruiting bodies uh, unique smell. Okay. Um, so it's kind of they evolved so that animals could find them because mm-hmm. they grow underground. So they have a pungent smell, and then it's sort of like a a loop, right? Where all the animals then yeah spread more of the spores and um those spores kind of lead to more of mm-hmm. the truffles and more of the, uh, the smells. Um, hmm. and then it, uh, kind of talks about, uh, when the, the truffle networks, when they encounter each other, um, they may or may not be compatible. Um, and if they are, uh, they connect and produce a fruiting body. Um, and so um, he talks about the uh, they provide genetic material, but only um, one kind of uh, makes the truffle mushroom. Oh, really? Um, so there's a uh, he uh, Merlin uses this to. Introduce the concept of chemical attraction, right? Oh. If, if they're right. if they're together, um, so explain that again. They've got two networks. Well, that <laughs> kind of bump into each other underneath the ground. Yeah. So I, I was trying to avoid the words I can't say. So uh, the hyphae, which is like the oh, yeah. the networks. Yeah. Um, they encounter each other, um, and if they're compatible, then. Uh, they connect and produce a fruiting body and the the mycelia which is what i was i don't know if i'm saying it right which is why i didn't want mm-hmm. to say it but um provides genetic material okay um but only one felts um the the network together into a mushroom so felts i guess meaning like builds it like it connects. builds the network yeah like connects the network into okay um what we would consider it to like look like a mushroom okay um so uh i mean ultimately he's kind of talking about um i thought i thought this idea of uh finding a way to attract animals was the kind of the most interesting part of chapter one. Right. Um, the lure. Because I kind of saw these, uh, I'll do chapter one and two. Um, and I kind of saw these chapters as sort of like somewhat using fungi and fungus to sort of as like a metaphor for right. humans as well. Because uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not really like a, I'm not really like a scientist, like hard science, like. Yeah fungus yeah, and you, you're more these, into the soft yeah like the soft sciences the, yeah it's the yeah. more yeah. delicate oh yeah i'm delicate and <laughs> soft and vulnerable um, the vulnerable sciences <laughs> right <laughs> um but but i mean we like humans i guess just generally speaking and 
um, you know, maybe you'll, you'll say more about this as well, but like we find ways of um, like making ourselves known to the world, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, it could be through a smell, <laughs> you know, hey, like, everybody, I'm like here. mushrooms. Yeah. You might yeah. not be able to see me, but you can smell me. <laughs> um, but it could be in other ways, right? Right, you know, right. We're, we're trying to make our mark some way, somehow, so that, um, you know, it's not a, it's not a apples to apples thing because we don't want animals to uh, pick up part of us and then, <laughs> you know, poop it out, but... <laughs> You don't want that? I mean, I would like a metaphor maybe of that. Um, you know, something I'm doing. Kind of like paying it forward. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right through the intestine of this gopher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This gopher gets me. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I kind of was seeing truffles as like a bit of a metaphor for at least that aspect of human life where... Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of us that we hide, right? That we maybe don't even want to, um, really, we know it about ourselves, but we don't want to think about it. (laughs) And so we kind of, we prepare different ways to get ourselves into the world Mm -hmm. and be a part of it, which is kind of seemingly what the, what the truffles are doing with their, their introverts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> they find some other way to interact with the world right you know, they yeah. have to you yeah know. and then and then they get praised uh just for yeah. like one thing about being them, so rare which is, which is great yeah yeah maybe they're fours too i don't know on the enneagram um so he he kind of um let's see he just kind of introduces um, the simpler members of the fungus world, right? That we that we all know about, right? Um, truffles are just this like clear example of uh, fungi's ability to um, evolve, right? And mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of part of the how how creation is knit together, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, evolving not staying static um i think that's i mean seems to be true for a lot of people too right i mean yeah um at least people i want to spend time with and hang out to not be static to be like curious and right um evolve and continue to learn new things and grow Um, was that great uh line from shawshank redemption Get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah. that the one? Yeah. Yeah. And essentially, I think what it's, you know, I mean, obviously they're talking about getting out of prison, but. Did you just make a, like a pop culture reference? Can you call Shawshank Redemption pop culture? It's popular. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's like always on TNT. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't have TNT. Like once a week. Yeah. I don't, I don't either, but. <laughs> well, that was at uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, Tim Robbins. Oh yes, and Tim Robbins. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I you know the idea being that if you're not you know if you're not living, you're dying. Mm-hmm. You know, right? If and and what is living? Right? Living is is I don't know. 
motion and and change dy- dynamism mm-hmm. right being dynamic right right uh in in that what is that changing right so mm-hmm. yeah i think yeah I, I agree with what you're saying yeah um and there's also sort of like this uh this admiration sort of quality with with the truffles um like some of the some of the more uh rare species that they can lure <laughs> um <laughs> they sell for thousands of thousands of dollars uh per ounce right like, it's nuts um and there's even he was talking about specialized transportation networks that that take and fly these truffles to like high-end restaurants yeah like they have a you know got them all built into the um what's what's the word for it uh the transportation network like the logistics oh yeah um it's mm-hmm. all it's all there to make sure their their yeah. quality is oh yeah uh experienced by those who can afford to experience it right or something yeah. their rarity maybe yeah not their quality right um and i mean and that's kind of like an it seemed like another metaphor of just like um maybe more of like the capitalistic mm-hmm. um didn't, isn't that where this podcast started? Materialism and yeah. not not that capitalism is necessarily materialism, but right. there's aspects that yeah that sort of uh, overlap there. Right, right. I mean, when I talk about materialism on the show, it's more about the belief that all that exists is the material world, mm-hmm. not materialism in like coveting material possessions. Right, right. I, I think there's two different materialism definitions. Right. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, I guess I I just was thinking about how um, even if it's uh, you know there's part of the the human condition too that that wants to um, experience something that maybe other people don't or oh yeah aren't able to or yeah 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 know. no it's just like yeah I I got something that you couldn't. You know, mm-hmm. right? Are they are they, are they actually that delicious? Did he say like are they? They're so coveted after because they're rare, right? Mm-hmm. But is are are they really like right? Is that is that the only reason that they're rare, or is it because they're really tasty too? Well, that's just it. Like I find it really delicious, um, and I haven't even had like the really expensive stuff, truffles. But other people might just. I think it's like oh that tastes like a nasty mushroom i don't know right yeah i'm just trying to i've, I've been trying to like look up some pictures mm-hmm. of them as you're as you're talking about it i mean he does even say like um many truffle species are disgusting to the human palate <laughs> uh-huh. but all are pungently appealing to at least one kind of animal yeah so maybe they maybe they just sort of evolve for their context yeah which is also true i mean we sort of evolve in our own cultures and settings, um, and even our, you know, friend group or whatever, right? We're kind of um, not in a box, but in a way, sort of molded, yeah, because of the surroundings. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, uh, let's see, what else does he say? Um, oh wow. Yeah. 
What do you what do you got there? And typically, white truffle prices are driven by supply and demand, and will range from about four thousand U.S. dollars per pound to about six thousand U.S. dollars per pound. Yeah. Uh, and, and then increased demand, changing climatic conditions, um, market prices have climbed even higher, increasing up to as much as eight thousand U.S. dollars per pound. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, so he he gives us this little introduction to. Um, I mean, when you think of he he's got a book about fungus, we're all going to think about mushrooms, right? To start off, so sure, sure. Um, that, that's about it for for chapter one. Okay. Um, although he does say. Uh, Truffles uh, serve as a good example of the uh, intense emotions that fungi evoke. They have long been associated with sex. And uh, Sheldrake writes that uh, after long exposure to the truffle scent, the unique smell can be evoked simply by thinking about the mushrooms. Really? So it's... That's crazy. Like, I mean, there's kind of like a like a pheromone kind of thing happening. Yeah. Um, or, or that cool thing that happens when we smell something and we're like taken back. I think we've talked about, we've talked about that and oh, right. different like time episodes. That That's true. That's true. Um, or a certain song even will bring us right yeah. back to a moment in life. Yeah. Well, cause I mean the, uh, I guess it's pretty well documented. The sense of smell is sort of the most connected into memory mm-hmm. right so it would make sense that you know that it would sort of ingrain itself in your psyche mm-hmm. once you encounter pungent smells like that yeah yeah yep. especially you know if it's something that you're exposed to for a period of time you know right if you're if you're in the truffle game uh-huh. you know yeah or i and i guess in this case if you're like if there's something you um make that's like really special um just by um just by thinking about it you can sort of almost smell it and taste it yeah um i don't know if there's something like you make the what do you make at christmas the uh, beef i've never had it because i we don't usually spend christmas together these days but Mm -hmm. the beef uh bolognese oh yeah bolognese lasagna bolognese okay yeah Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um like that might hold like a Maybe for Lila or something like hold yeah. a special, yeah. That smells like she can, yeah. Just thinking about it, maybe think of yeah all the stuff that has happened around Christmas and that kind of sure. stuff. Sure, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a bit of chapter one. Um, and I think chapter two kind of uh, continues on sort of how we can see, uh, f- you know, fungus and, and mushrooms as sort of a metaphor for human life. But this one is called, uh, luckily, two words that I already know what they mean. Okay. I'm not (laughs) confusing lure with lure. (laughs) (laughs) With a non-existent word that you made out. (laughs) There is a fishing lure. Yeah. L-U-A-R, is that how you spell it? Yeah, man. Wow. I'm such an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um... While mushroom, uh, it's called living labyrinths. Okay. 
Um, so obviously the mushroom is sort of the visible part of the fungal species, um, but they're only a small portion of the organism. Right. So that's that's cool because, mm-hmm. you know, when people say, like you had mentioned before, when you hear the word fungus, the first thing you think of is mushrooms, mm-hmm. you know, and, but the, he made it pretty clear in the intro, then we talked about it in the episode 36, that yeah. it's, that's just the, what does he call it, the fruiting body of mm-hmm. it, right? right? So it's just, yeah, but there's so much more. It's like mm-hmm. the tip of the iceberg. That's just the part that you see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the part that you associate with your salad, you know, or your chicken marsala. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, there's so much more to the actual whole organism. Right. Yeah. Or, I mean, uh, even going back to uh, hu- humans, you maybe think of the, um, the phrase, don't judge a book by its cover kind right. of thing. Right. Yeah. Which we might tell. People Lila's age who are just trying to figure out yeah. who they are and who their peers are. And, right. you know. Don't judge a fungi by its fruiting body. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm going to start saying That's instead the of the other one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because the vast majority of fungal cells exist as, uh, again, words I don't know how to say, mycelium, which is that branching network mm-hmm. um, of uh, these thin little, they kind of use the word filaments, of uh, known as hyphae Mm -hmm. um they can grow to like huge sizes right um extending for like several square miles yeah um and they sort of exist and grow in specific sometimes beneficial ways um like fungi can solve mazes or choose to grow toward the best food sources that kind of thing right well, we saw we talked about last time how they, you know, can figure out interstate maps. That's right, right? And they were using fungi to help figure out yeah maps, which is really cool. Yeah, a, a microscopic uh, yeah yeah roadmap. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the this one uh, um, researcher Lynn Body, she um, did this experiment. She placed a block of wood. Um, with uh, fungal trays, uh, fungal spores on it, okay, um, on a tray, um, and at first uh, these spores grew outward in all directions, um, but then when a few of the, a uh, few of them like touched a second block of wood, uh, the fungus quickly shifted and grew exclusively in the direction of the new food source. Really, cool. so so. They were communicating is what she's saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the exact way the fungus communicates is kind of like not understood, Mm -hmm. um, but it's like seen in many different research experiments with with fungi. Um, So they do have these like complex communication abilities. They weren't like touching or something, right? She said they were separated on this piece of wood. Um, Yeah, they were growing in all directions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and then they they all moved to the new food source. Just when one when one did though. Um a few of them. Uh-huh. A few of the little hyphae. Yeah. Um then they they quickly did that. Um I mean I guess kind of like how large birds 
uh, or, or not large birds, large bird flocks. Yeah. Um, or like swarms of termites also. <laughs> Have you ever seen it like a, at, at the church where I, <laughs> where I used to work? There was a bit of a termite issue. Really? And one time I saw like on the, a step going up to like the choir loft area, there was just like this swarm of termites. Yeah. It was like equally disgusting and amazing yeah. all at the same yeah. time. You're like, I'm fascinatingly disgusted right now. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was so gross. But I mean, that, that's kind of, that's, I guess, similar to what they did. They, they found the, they found the best wood in the, in the place and they were, yeah. they were headed there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a family reunion. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. You know, a potluck. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. Everybody's got their crock pot filled crock pot <laughs> <laughs> filled with delicious delicacies. Maybe with truffle. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Um. In chapter two, he kind of. Uh, Just kind of describes how complex fungi are. Okay. Um, right. Chapter one was comparing chemical signals uh, that fungi evolved to produce and um, and receive, right? Sort of like a, a, a way of communication mm-hmm. to the outside world. And in chapter two, kind of writing that, um, you know, certain types of fungi have these abilities to... Um, well, one is to find food sources, um, and part of that is, um, is light sensing abilities, Yeah. right? If they're able to, um, uh, find a, you know, kind of like in line with the human eye, right? Um, how their fungal attributes, um, are, are really actually like more precise and there's like a, a more of a design, to them than like what meets the eye right yeah. which is obviously as you said more than right. just the fruiting body <laughs> yeah. um the mushroom right um let's see what else does he have about um about chapter two um few scientists have explored the question of how these networks are able to communicate so efficiently um the the work that has been done mostly shows that the hyphae are really sensitive. Um, yeah, like they get easily upset. Right, they can respond to small changes in light, moisture, chemical input, mm-hmm. electrical impulses. Um, but that also kind of kind of makes them um, sensitive to those things. If it's just a small change in their they're responding, it'll affect their behavior. Um, so there's, there's kind of like, it seems like an ongoing discussion that this book will bring up. That's like maybe sort of like a hot topic in the fungal uh, research world about the, yeah, <laughs> the communication that takes place. Right. That will like the, the brain, where is it? No brain. Yeah. There seems yeah. to be too, uh, two sort of competing sides there where 
right? This communication, this evolution that they've shown, this sensitivity to different things and how it responds. It sort of seems like this living organism that has some sort of um, you know brain activity happening. But mm-hmm. some would argue that um, um, there's not really evidence that suggests um you know biologists are not universally opposed to the idea that fungi are capable of cognition yeah um but it's really not anywhere close to like accepted or <laughs> right um so uh, how do you define cognition well and that's probably part of the problem too is like um you know here he kind of writes like brains have like having specific areas dedicated to specific tasks i mean i guess that's how you could sort of like (laughs) yeah um talk about the human brain right like there's the different uh lobes that are responsible for yeah different tasks that sort of make us able to um we'll have like have cognition um physically not only like like street smarts and book smarts, but like right, right. Um, emotionally and physically being being able to communicate throughout our body, which which it does kind of seem like that's what's happening. Right. Um, yeah, I just I just googled real quick the definition of cognition. Oh, great! Uh, it's probably not as good as my wordy one that I just gave, but we'll see. No, you were, we'll see what much Google, better. What Google yeah. says the mental action or process of acquiring knowledge and understanding through thought experience and the senses. Hmm. So acquiring knowledge and understanding. Yeah. One of the, one of the things they argue is like you can remove a large portion of the, um, the mycelium like Mm -hmm. that network and it can still just grow from a single spore. Yeah. Which I mean, you couldn't remove a bunch of a of a person's brain or an animal's brain, and right expect similar function. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's one of the differences. Yeah. Um, that does remind me of uh, a fringe, though. How uh, Walter had <laughs> part of his brain removed because he didn't like the person he was becoming. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So. In that sense, I don't know. Maybe there is a little bit of a... <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, they can just keep going with a single spore. So, we'll see. I think that uh, that argument will last the entire the entirety of this uh, fungal saga. <laughs> but <laughs> A fungal saga brought to you by Jason. Yep. And I think there's a cream for that. But. Yeah. <laughs> Or a spray. Or a spray. Yeah. Yeah. Sprays or creams. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it keep it dry. Yeah. And whatever. <laughs> so that's uh that's a little bit of chapter one and two. Okay. Of the Entangled Life by Merlin Sheldrake. Beautiful. A man's uh loving ode to his fungal friends. I don't think that's the actual uh, subtitle of Entangled Life. Yeah, I don't think I didn't, so. And I took notes, so I didn't bring the oh, book you with bring me. Oh, copy but. with you? Yeah. yeah. 
we'll we'll look at your copy and see see what it what says. his actual yeah. subtitle. I don't is. have my. I gave my copy back. I see it right oh, there. No. Oh no, yeah, it's right it there. Is. I didn't give it back. I better give it back. Oh, I that's not I yours. <laughs> yeah, that's not mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. All right, so that, that's all you have for us for this segment. Yep. All right. A lure and um, living <laughs> labyrinths. <laughs> is it lure or lure? Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> it depends on your uh, your dialect. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it, it probably could be argued if that's a if it's a one syllable pronunciation or a two syllable pronunciation. That's tough. Yeah, with your uh, with your studies and like uh, vocal training, is is that um, is that part of like the di- the diphthong issue? Yeah, or right, because yeah, some would say there is a diphthong there between the two vowel sounds oo and uh, lure. Right, right. But some people would say no; it's just one lure. Right, mm. you can say it both ways. <laughs> so, is it one syllable? Is it two? One is, is there a diphthong there? Oh, yeah. or is there not? Know. Who knows? I don't like. I don't yeah. like lure. Yeah, these are the questions that we are not afraid of here at the <laughs> Music of the Spheres podcast. One sounds like you went fishing. The other sounds a little creepy. That's what it. That's yes. What it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or a really strange, like old timey name <laughs> lure <laughs> i think i shortened a loo <laughs> shortened yeah it is two syllables i knew it <laughs> all right well uh thank you jason yeah appreciate this uh dive under the surface to find the truffle <laughs> we will um, take a short break and we'll be right back here on the music of the spheres podcast of the spheres podcast episode number 38 we are in the closing segment now and uh yeah jason was just laughing at me because i've been yawning incessantly all evening long it's not because i don't find his fungus interesting (laughs) you have very interesting fungus jason i appreciate that yes so i'm not disinterested in your fungus i just realized during that segment why i'm so tired like i didn't do anything today different than a normal wednesday Uh uh-huh but uh, the last two days I've been covering at the brewery for our uh, brewer who's on vacation. Oh, okay. So I I did a, a lot of cellaring work on Monday and was there pretty late uh, to get ready for a brew day. And then I did a, a full double brew day yesterday. It's the first time I've actually made the beer at Wolf Hollow Brewing Company in like three and a half years. I think it was like... Wow. Yeah, I think my last brew was like the December before COVID. So oh, wow. 2019. That was the last time I actually brewed. So it's been a little while. And uh, so I got up early Tuesday, yesterday, and did that. 
And then I was 40 minutes away from the end of the brew day. Double uh-huh. brew day is about 11, 10, 10 and 11 hours. And I, I was about 40 minutes away from completing the brew, the second of the two brews. And the power went out when I had over 200 gallons of hot, not oh, yet yeah. beer in the, uh, in the kettle. It had to be cooled and put into the fermenter. You couldn't just leave it there. So, And the, <laughs> the power was out for four hours. <laughs> so I just sat at the brewery. I ate a bag of jerky, poured myself a beer, started studying my next sailing book, <laughs> and just sat there waiting <laughs> outside because was, you know, it was getting dark inside. You know? Oh, yeah. So there was enough daylight outside for me to study my book. But, uh, but yeah, it was, so it, was, it was a long day. I got done, yeah, at about 8.30. It should have been done at about four thirty. So, yeah, just uh, it was a long day. It was good. I, you know, it's always good to get, you know, get back mm-hmm. in touch with stuff like that. Yeah, but it's like riding a bicycle. It is actually. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like riding a bicycle. Um, it was funny. The actually, I was telling my business partner that it's it's like it was funny how the muscle memory came back. You know, mm-hmm. just the way that you grab. The different fittings, you know, because there's a lot of valves you turn and you open the doors and the tanks and the way you grab those, you know, and mm-hmm. just all that muscle memory comes right back and you're like leaning over the tank, but then you reach over to touch the touch screen panel and change something and it's like my hand would go right to the spot on the screen, hmm. you know, three and a half years later, yeah. like my hand still knows right where to go, which is pretty cool. So. Does that live inside your hand or inside your brain? I don't know. Where does muscle memory exist uh wow that's a good one yeah i don't know um yeah i i wouldn't and it doesn't seem like it takes very long to like get into those muscle routines yeah yeah like you put up like a a new shelf in the in the bathroom and by like day four you're like Right, you're already, like grabbing for the right spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, that's why I've been so super tired. So <laughs> I just realized that while you were while I was yawning, and I'm like, we usually do this late, and it's usually and I like I didn't have a super early morning this morning, so I should be fine. But yeah. anyway, uh, thank you for uh, taking us into the next uh, phase of your fungus. Among Us uh, episode series. That's cool. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a really interesting topic. Uh, the, but the first thing that I thought of when you brought up truffles, mm-hmm. uh, I remember how I learned what truffles were. Okay. Because uh, I didn't know um, until I was, a, I was about nine years old. Oh. That's when I first learned about truffles. Do you remember the cartoon show Tailspin? No. <laughs> yeah, uh, episode episode twenty one of the first season of the cartoon show Tailspin um, was called "The Bigger They Are, The Louder They Oink," and uh, it aired on October eighth of nineteen ninety. <laughs> twenty two minute long episode, and. Um, Rebecca's latest money-making idea is to hunt for truffles using a pig. 
and they get this pig and it snorts around and finds truffles. And I was like, what are truffles? So why is this pig going crazy? But it was it was neat. As the episode went on, the pig got like crazier and crazier about truffles. So oh, like yeah. the pig became like the pig became a problem. Um, sure. Because it was like became obsessed with yeah. the truffles. Well, lured by the truffles. Yes, it was lured. Lured. And also lured. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out. Yeah. Well, in sailing, there's something called lured as well, which... <laughs> but it's spelled L-E-E-W-A-R-D, leeward. Oh. But sailors say leeward. Okay. I think fisher people should say that as well. Fishermen. They probably do. A lot of fishing boats are sailors, too, so they would say things like leeward. Yeah. But leeward is the side that that's fish got not lured. getting hit by the wind, right? So you've got a... Um, you've got a windward side of your boat and you got a leeward side of your right. boat, right? But you also have windward side of a shore and a leeward mm-hmm. side of a shore. Right. Also known as the lee shore sometimes. So, yeah. Can yeah. the aft be the leeward side? Uh, yes, no? but you're not sailing then because then if the wind is blowing straight onto your bow, you don't sail. <laughs> you stop. <laughs> So, yes, you're still, yes, you're aft. You don't keep your aft out of the leeward position. <laughs> careful. That's good to know. Yeah, careful yeah. where your aft ends up. Uh, you don't want it as the leeward side of your boat. <laughs> Sailing lessons with Jordan. Isn't everybody lucky yeah. that they are listening to this right now? You're going to be out in the middle of the lake, and that'll pop into your head. And- yeah. And be like, oh, my aft is lured again. <laughs> That's why I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Dang it. Jason was right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, you can look. I'm sure you can find that that somewhere. Um, yeah. Uh, Tailspin. I don't remember. I don't really remember a whole lot else about yeah, that Yeah, that show must have ended before I started watching cartoons. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. I'm, I, I saw thought it was like, Darkwing Duck. Oh, Darkwing Duck sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. And what? was there a Sonic and Tails show? Right, like Tails is Sonic, Sonic's sidekick, right? But that's not Tailspin. That's right, right. Something different. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Tailspin is an American animated television series. First aired in 1990 as a preview on. Disney Channel, and later that year as part of the Disney Afternoon. It features characters adapted from Disney's 1967 animated feature, The Jungle Book, uh, namely some oh. of the film's animals being given anthropomorphic makeover while the humans are removed, which was the- theatrically released in the summer before this show premiered in the fall. Uh, namely Baloo the Bear, Louie the Orangutan, and Shere Khan the Tiger, along with new characters created for the show. Right. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Okay, that's why I remember. This show was one of nine Disney afternoon shows used to establish Disney characters as the main characters, with the other eight being Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Goof Troop, Bonkers, <laughs> Quack Pack, Aladdin, and Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. All right, yeah. I watched oh. a lot of that stuff. I remember, like, Darkwing Duck and DuckTales. Hmm. You would have had to um, be at one of the grandparents' house, though, because they had cable, and we didn't. 
Oh, that's right. If yeah. you're watching Disney the Channel. Disney Channel. Yep. We got PBS. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> when when the aft wasn't to the leeward. Yeah, right. <laughs> lured. The lured. I said it wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to give my... Give you're going to be made fun of on all the sailing forums. Yeah, leeward. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh yeah, so I just thought that was an interesting note. Um, as the first thing I thought of when you started talking about truffles. So that's a, a long time for me to say really pretty much nothing. But well, you, you I mean, you learned about them way earlier than I did. It was nine. Yeah. I was probably like in my 20s before I even like heard yeah. of it. Yeah. And what a, I mean, I missed, missed out on 20 years of deliciousness. Yeah. I still have never had an actual. I guess I've never actually had a. Yeah. I've had more like, well, it's a, like truffle oil, a reduction it? on like a risotto or something. Yeah, I think that's oil though, isn't that when right, they, like, yeah. they say like truffle fries? It's like truffle oil. It's usually like an oil, yeah, right. Which is probably used in some sort of a like, you know, they you get a lot more oil out of <laughs> out of the truffles if you you know right sell the oil to people. Yeah, like at home, I've got a truffle olive oil currently. Oh yeah, and it was. I mean, it was like 20 bucks for like a little yeah. jar, but yeah, but you are, but yeah, no. you are a high-end gastronomist, so you must, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, I thought this was really interesting. The idea of the, uh, truffles sort of creating a luring situation you know, with mm-hmm. different kinds. And and you said that they different varieties will be more attractive to different kinds of animals. Right. Right? So that they, yeah. like, you know, they diversify enough to, like, get their niche, yeah. you know, animal yeah. that's going to... Um, and, and almost it, it's being described by Merlin Sheldrake that it's almost like um, the plan... Right of the of the fungus itself right. is to create this situation where where that's how it that's how it you know grows even farther because it can spread in the ground on its own mm-hmm. right but it can spread a lot more if there's other you know right. spores dropped in different places you know yeah and then it's just going to repeat the process and they'll take over a whole region that way right I mean right. like if you get certain kinds of animals that are gonna but then if you can get you know other animals to that are different, that motivate differently, you know, mm-hmm. then you get birds involved and I, now you can fly around. Right. You know? Yeah. Kind of like a strategic plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of sorts. Yeah. It's almost like, um, you know, I mean, we don't think of it that way, uh, but it's almost like they're sort of, um, they're sort of overtaking that particular organism, mm-hmm. you know, even though, you know, it's just, all right, they just eat it and then they go and right. poop it out somewhere. But it's, but it's still like, uh, it's still like possessing right. that, you know, just for a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. And then you wonder, right? Because I'm sure he's going to get into the psychoactive effects of mushrooms mm-hmm. and different fungi, right? So are they? I mean, is there something going on there that is connecting in to cause these animals? to travel to certain places or you know like mm. 
is, is it actually in some way impacting the the mind of the animal right right but then so i was thinking about that and then you start talking about how humans have gotten so excited about these white truffles and, mm-hmm. and some of the other kinds as well but um to the point that there's there are entire logistics networks set up to move them mm-hmm. all over the planet you know so that fancy restaurants in not just in italy but where they're coming from mostly like but fancy restaurants all over the place like in paris and in mm-hmm. london and in new york and chicago and la and wherever you name them but they can all you know they can all get this stuff too right so now the <laughs> the truffles have found the perfect organism mm-hmm. because the organism that it's possessed with its you know wonderful pungent aromas and scarcity is a race with technology you know mm-hmm. you're not just now you're not just like you know gophers on the ground or like pigs from tailspin you know <laughs> that are just running around but now you've got you've got you've gone and possessed a mm-hmm. race that has technology like planes and helicopters right. and stuff like that but maybe with that same crazed look in its eye that the pig had yeah that yeah. you were describing right well um and so that kind of leads me to what my what my second point is and that is um you you talked about how um, fungi can impact the emotional state, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I don't remember exactly what that reference was because um, I was probably yawning when you were saying that. <laughs> so, uh, my, my apologies there. I'm trying <laughs> not to a, be... Not enough Sellerman's platters. Yes, yes, Sellerman's, Sellerman's platter. That's my favorite thing to order at a brewery. <laughs> Most of them have something like it, yeah. And yesterday I did eat a Sellerman's platter. Yeah, it was, it was kettle chips and uh, pretzels from this uh, sensory box, <laughs> which is just the you know palate cleansing pretzels uh-huh. and beef jerky and jerky. And, yeah, it's like okay, I just needed like some Swiss cheese and I'd have been fine. <laughs> I mean, perfect. Um, like some pickles maybe or something. Yeah, like right. That. Yeah. You got to have that. You know. Um, but uh, but yeah, you mentioned that they that fungi can uh, impact the human emotional state. Mm. Uh, And, you know, you talked, that was in the part where he was talking about, you know, the connection to the pungent aroma and, you know, smelling um, the smell and it can kind of, you know, take you over to the point where your mind can recreate it for you, you Mm -hmm. know, because you're craving it, you know. So it's like there's this aspect of of it sort of getting into our beings, you know, to the point where we have, you know, um, reactions to them that are, I don't know if it's connected to things like dopamine or serotonin or, you know, things like that where it's like, oh, I got to have, give me these truffles because, you know, they give me that fix, you Mm -hmm. know, that I need. Um, just reading an article about um, kids using cell phones, you know, and how it that oh it triggers triggers dopamine responses. You oh, know, for sure. Look at yeah. a screen, you know, and and mm-hmm. how it's like it just calls to you to to grab it again and look at it one more time because it's just that little yep. dose of dopamine. Yeah, you know, which is which is more than you know, like you'd get playing outside. Right, you know, which is why kids would choose mm-hmm. to sit inside and look at a screen rather than go outside. Well, and, and uh, I mean that, yeah. And the longer the um, the relationship with that dopamine fix, like 
the the longer the exposure has to be or you know because you build up resistance basically right right so it's it's like they're just like they're just stuck looking at the phone yeah oh i haven't gotten there yet yep (laughs) better put it in another two hours (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah so do you know is it a similar thing happening Mm -hmm. with with these truffles right or or different kinds of you know different kinds of fungus right Mm -hmm. where they're where they're actually triggering a response in in humanity for some sort of a purpose that serves the fungus itself, mm-hmm. right? In this case, it definitely serves the fungus to be sought after, right? Right. These, these, you know, Piedmont white truffles you were talking about, you know, not only is it going to spread them all around the world, give them a better chance of, you know, spreading spores to other places and mm-hmm. creating new fungal networks, right. And growing, but it's also, going to create a, a environmental situation that will cause the most powerful species on earth, which we think is humans, uh, to, to do their best to create environments in which they will grow. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's all kinds of like, you know, in, in places where there's a lot of truffle growth, I'm sure there's all kinds of, you know, regulatory stuff right. and, you know, all kinds of things that they do to tr- yeah. try to, you know, set up the environment just as yeah. best as it possible. Stimulate possibly and, yeah. 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 You know, you can't dump certain things in truffle zones right. or whatever, yeah. you know, like things like that. I'm, I'm sure that because humans need to protect them, right? So now, mm-hmm. like, the the fungi have gotten humans on their side, you know? Like, right. You know, well, the humans are working for us now. They're yeah. going to protect. Yeah, they're them. like the Borg. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, <laughs> that's, kind of that's like, where I'm going, yeah. right? It's like, <laughs> you know, are we being assimilated by fungi? You know, I, it's like if they can give us like cool, like little red glowing eye things, though, that would not be bad. That'd be cool. Well, yeah. that might. Yeah, that might be what it looks like to have yeah. a fungus. Right. Well, and maybe they maybe they have. Right. Like we talked about this in your last episode on this mm-hmm. when um, the whole idea about the maps looking so similar. Right. Right. Like, you know, the idea that the the fungus was able to figure this out far faster than human minds mm-hmm. did when they were, you know, civil engineering roads and interstate systems. Right. The fungi can do it in a matter of days, right? Where humans have to plan and prepare and study and do things and mm-hmm. whatever. But is, are those ideas, right, being driven by fungal reactions in right. the human mind? Right. I mean, we we know that it's all around us, different kinds of fungus all the time. So are they actually, you know, teaching us technologies? Do we have technology because the fungus somehow <laughs> clued it into our right. brains? Right. Mm-hmm. People have ideas. Where do ideas come from? Somebody has an idea for a new invention. Right. Or mm-hmm. a lot of times ideas come from science fiction. Right. Science fiction oftentimes predicts quite accurately the future. Right. Right. If you read an old sci-fi novel about something, you're like, huh, look, we have all the technologies they were talking about in this novel from 50 years ago or right. whatever, you know. Uh, so if that's the case, mm-hmm. then are those ideas that are coming out of that sci-fi novel that are coming from an author, was he being inspired by yeah. thoughts that he had that came from fungus triggering that? I don't know. Yeah. Just to... You know, it's a weird place that you could go once you start hearing some mm-hmm. of these, you know, these surface level things of how truffles work to lure in animals 
and then humans, mm-hmm. you can take it to those next levels. It sounds like just at least just ask the question. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not claiming that you know MacBooks were invented by fungus, but <laughs> could very well be. You know, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't think of a MacBook on my own. I would need fungus to help me with that or something. You know, if I didn't know how to make one of these, I still don't I know how to make one of these. You know, I can make a grilled cheese, but I can't make a MacBook, you yeah. know. Like, well, speaking of cheese, right? That's fungus there, too. Yeah. Maybe, that, maybe you only know how to make a grilled cheese because of fungus. Because fungus wanted to get grilled. <laughs> I'm cold. Put me between some bread. But bread is made by fungus, too. Bread is made by yeast, which is right. a fungus. Yeah. yeah. It is ruling our lives. Yeah. Yeah, the more we think about it. Yeah, the more we think about it, there actually is a fungus among us. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is the fungus? They all are. Yeah, <laughs> everything is the fungus. Everything's the fungus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I uh, that was my kind of my second idea is like you know how how deep are are they really? You know? I think I mean I think it's scientific enough that it could like be an actual hypothesis. It seems like it doesn't seem even far fetched. Right. Right. Well, because, I mean, it's clearly like they're a part of everyday human life. Right. You know, different types of, of fungus. It's like, you know, it's in our guts. It's in our, you know, our, our chemical reactions in our bodies. Mm-hmm. It's in our brains. It's like, right? I mean, it's all. Yeah. So it's present everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, who knows what it is? It's crazy. Um, all right. So then my last thought is this um and i don't know how this is going to come out because i as i mentioned i'm pretty tired so we'll see but that's part of the entertainment value of the podcast what's jordan gonna say next it's gonna sound like he's talking off the aft of his sailboat well (laughs) you're not the one who confused lure with lure so i think you're in the clear on this episode i think you're good lure (laughs) uh that's great so um you talked about that scientist. I think her name was Lynn Body. I don't know how you spell that. But. I think it was uh, B O D D Y. <clears throat> okay, nice. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting that she studies uh, the fruiting bodies, and mm-hmm. her last name is Body. No. Oh, <laughs> there you go. It was meant to be. Yeah. Um, Maybe Fungus named her. Yeah, yeah. She got her name. Maybe <laughs> that's how you got your name. Fungus. We always thought it was my idea, but maybe I was. I thought you were just calling yourself Fungus. <laughs> Because you named me. That's how you got your name. <laughs> this fungus right here. This fungus. <laughs> I'm just a big fungus. <laughs> uh, so it, I thought that was a neat experiment that you explained from what oh. she did, where you had the logs, right? And mm-hmm. they, they were growing, and then it it showed distinct communication across different networks right right? that i guess weren't readily visibly connected i'm guessing Mm -hmm. in that experiment because you know if it was just one thing and they were all connected then the other parts growing there wouldn't necessarily be that fascinating right but if they're if they're not connected or loosely connected then it would be interesting Mm -hmm. right why they're why they're all moving in the new direction once there's new information. It must mean there's a sharing of information across mm-hmm. the whole, you know, network very quickly. Right. Um, and so you ask the question, 
or you said that scientists have been asking this question of how does that communication work in the mm-hmm. in the fungal network? How does that happen? Um, and the end result was the idea that the well, the leading hypothesis, I guess you would say, is mm-hmm. that the hyphae are super sensitive, meaning that they just are really good detectors of changes in environment and thus mm-hmm. can communicate through the maybe the release of uh, some sort of a spore or something like that that can you know be detected right or smallish things that we can't see as readily mm-hmm. with our equipment that they are hypersensitive and can find it maybe that's how mm-hmm. um but then you know th- that sort of led into the argument of sort of what's the central processing unit mm-hmm. of this fungal network right there is no central brain uh so it's not the same as the brain that we understand right for from being in animals uh, and you gave that example of if you remove a chunk of an animal's brain or a human's brain Mm -hmm. they're going to perform quite differently you know whereas if you remove a chunk of the fungal network it'll just go on without it Mm -hmm. or regrow in that area with new stuff or right keep going it doesn't Mm -hmm. you know so it's like well what then where's the where's all this guiding information coming from from these you know uh so my first thought was that i should go into the quantum field there but i'm gonna not do that in this episode (laughs) (laughs) because because we always end up talking about quantum mechanics but i mean that's there's probably some really interesting stuff and and sheldrake might even get into it a Mm -hmm. little bit the idea of maybe there's you know connections across the quantum field right that are allowing for these communications to take place um it would be interesting because we've talked about it in our most recent episode on the DNA stuff where uh, DNA and changes in it, mm-hmm. you know, takes place across time and space instantaneously. Right. Regardless of the distance or separation or anything like that. Uh, it happens in- instantly. So that leads to the understanding that it must have something to do with quantum level communication, which is instantaneous across space. So, uh, it's not outside the realm of possibility that the same thing could happen with fungal communication mm-hmm. across the fungal network and the different parts of it. Um, but it, it led me actually to, but that was just a sort of a step in the the process. <laughs> so th- then it led me to this thought that I, I sometimes have, and it comes from our delving into the, uh, near-death experiences and some of those studies. And also looking at some of the stuff that we did from Dean Radin and him talking about uh, sort of the psychoactive uh, psychoactive drugs and how they'll sometimes uh, bring people into a, a place of feeling oneness and a lack of separation. Mm-hmm. But meditation can do that. Yeah. Um, but also... Um, there's that same thing that comes through in the near-death experiences as well, is this idea of connectedness to all things um, and a relief from competition, sense of peace, uh, of being cared for. And and so there's similarities 
right? When people get to these edge places, mm-hmm. whether it's through meditation, psychedelic drugs, or near-death experiences, right. it seems like all of those things kind of point into a one common idea. And I sometimes wonder uh, this idea that we get in theology about God being present with us all the time, you know, that's a major tenet of our theology and our particular branch of the Christian tradition, Mm -hmm. that God is present with us all the time. You know, we say it's through the Holy Spirit, uh, but that God is present among us always. Uh, But it's also present in other faith traditions as well, the sense of oneness with God and connection to God at all times. And so I sometimes wonder if a good, and I don't, I don't mean this so much literally, but just more metaphorically, that what if this particular realm that we exist in, um, which as we look out into the vast cosmos and you look at the stars and, and you look at galaxies and you look at the way that you know, solar systems work and are connected, there's a lot of similarities to the microscopic world Mm -hmm. there you know with the way that the way that uh atoms and you know protons and neutrons and electrons and all that stuff functions it's like it's all this like swirling motion stuff you know and Mm -hmm. so it's like inside our bodies kind of looks like the same as the big you know picture like cosmos and then like at the very small microscopic level it still kind of looks the same right right so that kind of sometimes leads me down this idea of what if, and, and this, this uh, idea about the fungal stuff kind of triggered this for me. <laughs> now it's just the fungus talking. <laughs> so I'm so tired I can't. There is no Jordan, only fungus. <laughs> uh, it could be. That's also an accurate yeah. hypothesis. Yes, yes. But anyway, the the thing I'm getting at is is this question that I sometimes ask is what if the what if the universe the, or, or cosmos, you know, I, I I don't want to say universe just as the material visible yeah. universe. I mean like the cosmos, right? The everything that includes what you would call the sort of visible you know universe that we can mm-hmm. explore stuff. But but what if that you know is either the mind of God or a part of the mind of God, right? And that that's where God's presence and oneness with us comes from. And that's where I could, you know, in my belief system, I would say I could pray to God mm-hmm. at any time and God's going to listen to me. And earlier in my life, I always thought, well, that's funny. You know, there's a lot of people praying. How can God listen to all of them at once? <laughs> you know, I'm this sort of like materialistic view of like God as an operator of a telephone line. You know, it's like, wait, 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 hold on. I got another call coming in. You yeah, know. that Bruce Almighty movie shows the uh, different uh, <laughs> different options. Could get like filing cabinets, but like the whole room just gets filled. Yeah. Um, he gets post-it notes, but again, like covered. Yeah. Uh, then he does like an email system <laughs> but he just like the inbox is like yeah. never ending yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think i remember that scene um so yeah but that would explain you know why if we're all a part of the mind of god mm-hmm. right then if if we're all in there then you know mm-hmm. and and it, I, I don't know it would kind of explain this idea of um of 
the connectedness that we all share, even though we're independent, you know, creatures, mm-hmm. uh, there's, you know, there's a oneness to all the things in my brain, even though there's all, they're all individual, you know, right. pieces and elements. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a thought that I sometimes have. And then when you talk about this, like the other option, and this is what triggered this for me was, is the whole thing, the brain, right? Is the, uh, of the fungal network, mm-hmm. right? Of, of the whole fungal organism is the whole thing, one big brain that instead of having separate parts that rely on one another, right? It, they sometimes have, they have different elements, but they can mm-hmm. function if you take a part of it away, you know? So it's, it's like a, maybe a, maybe a more efficient brain actually mm-hmm. that functions in that right. way. And so is it, so if that's the case, right, if it's, if it's like a, if it is, if it turns out that the whole thing is the central processing unit, there is no center to it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then it would serve to reason that it is the, it is the best or most efficient way to create a brain mm-hmm. where you can wipe out a part of it and it still functions exactly as it would. Right. And can even repair the part that was wiped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if that's the case, is this fungus our... <laughs> I hope nobody from the church is listening. <laughs> but if, <laughs> is this fungus like uh, an imprint of God's mind here in the visible, observable universe? Right. If it's if it's if it's more efficient and better, mm-hmm. right? Is it actually? Now I'm not saying the actual mind of God, but an imprint of it, you know, to the point where it does pervade through everything, and it does right. influence everything, and it does encompass everything. But it can also control things. It, it can take over whole organisms mm-hmm. or whole systems of organisms. Right. You know, like to the point where humans create logistical networks to drive these yep. things around the planet. And, mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, those Piedmont white uh, truffles, they probably have a much better flight experience than, you know, humans flying coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like they're rushed right to the airport. You know, they're put in a <laughs> climate controlled cabin. They and, probably get a better dinner to eat, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they get fed along the way. It's like, it's perfect. You know, it's like, then they're just sitting there laughing at a stupid human. It's like, <laughs> we got these guys fooled. You know, we're just fungus. <laughs> and they're driving us around the planet in fancy yeah, right. planes, burning jet fuel for us, <laughs> charging each other tons Man, of money. When you put it like that, yeah, that's uh, right? pretty eye opening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, but it, but it feels to me like, you know, maybe that is because it is so pervasive throughout, mm-hmm. you know, throughout our world. And I don't know if he'll get into it. There's, there, I, I think there are some fungus that survive in the vacuum of space or can, mm-hmm. you know, through, I, maybe he'll get into that. I'm sure we could look it up. But uh, if that's the case, now it's through the whole cosmos, mm-hmm. right? And if they communicate in these, you know, uh, faster than light or outside of time and space ways, mm-hmm. then you know maybe it is the right. the neural network of the divine. I, you know, it's weird to say you know maybe God's a fungus because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say that in the Bible anywhere. I don't yeah. think you know, 
So, you know, mm-hmm. that's not exactly what I'm saying, but I, I, I'm saying what if there's some sort of a relativity happening here, you know, between the divine and something that is so woven through the mm-hmm. world that humans not only are drawn to them, fascinated by them, but it's also extremely, they're extremely powerful and can be extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's also a way you would describe God in and through all things mm-hmm. drawn humans are drawn to them uh drawn to god and god is extremely powerful extremely dangerous right but yeah you'd say all the same things so i don't know interesting yeah I that's mean, just where that went when you when you they were when they were going is it all brain you mm-hmm. know is the whole thing a brain and i was like what if this whole place is a brain yeah. you know like i don't know just some thoughts that I had. So. Yeah, I mean, they just seem so intricately knit into the fabric of creation. That's sort of hard not to ask right. those questions. Yeah, yeah. Just because they... Right, I mean, I think you even said it in the intro. Like, think about all the things that just wouldn't... <laughs> wouldn't like, it's it's necessary. It's absolutely mm-hmm. necessary for life as we understand it right. in, in, the, in the world the action of fungus and the way that it works has has to be there for us to have life as we know it yeah who knew it was the greatest metaphor for all things yeah yeah i know (laughs) i know it's crazy and we yeah because you don't even think about it but it's like you know like bread any any alcoholic beverage Mm -hmm. that's yeast fermented you know it's like I, it's amazing mm-hmm. how much it's a part of all of our lives. So, yeah, I guess that's all I have. Unless all you right. had any other any other thoughts or ideas that you didn't get to or anything. No, I think I think we're good for now. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it was Shinerbach was the beer of the night. Yep. So we'll link to uh, quite a yellow beer, but a yellow can, yellow can so. without a, with a different colored beer inside of it. Um, yeah, so that's Shinerbach. Give that a try. It's, it's actually a really tasty. Yeah, it's tasty. Tasty brew. And uh, and you've got some other Shiners, so we got some Yeah, it'll be a, exciting. a little Shiner series. Yeah, good. A series with your series. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, it's like a series Shiners inception. inception. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll have to uh, find out some something that's uh, not an A for the next <laughs> that go around. I'll be more careful <laughs> at the bevy. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, I guess that's uh, I guess that's it for tonight. All right. Uh, send us an email, brothers at musicofthespherespodcast.com. Uh, head over to social media, Facebook and Instagram, and uh, drop us a line there in some way or, or another. Uh, or send us a message over the Quantum Fungal Network as well. You can reach us mm-hmm. however you want. I guess so. Yeah. If you just want to, maybe in a, a swarm of birds or yeah. a, a giant pile of uh, uh, dung. <laughs> no, a, a pile was the wrong word. But that's just what the that's what the um, the termites look. Oh, like. the termites, a pile. You're like, just, somebody didn't clean something up in here. Yeah. You're like, oh wait a second. No, it's just it's Thanksgiving dinner. Pile. <laughs> it's the uh, yeah, it's the termite family reunion. <clears throat> All right. I guess that does it for uh, episode number 38. From the deepest parts of our beings, we thank you for being a part of our universe here at the Music of the Spheres podcast. Have a great week. Music.
we find ways of um, like making ourselves known to the world, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, it could be through a smell, <laughs> you know, hey, like, everybody, I'm here. like mushrooms. Yeah. You might yeah. not be able to see me, but you can smell me. <laughs>